You're listening to episode 76 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus Mountains of Russia. I have the pleasure of being your host, Eli. Flying solo again today. Andrew and I will chime in next time together. Today I'm going to be playing for you and really... I was going to say amazing, really special interview that I was able to do a month or so ago in Dagestan with one of the most innovative and kind of fun tourism ventures that I've seen um, in Dagestan. The folks who uh, we'll be talking to, basically, I don't, I don't want to give it away. The couple that we'll be talking to has found just a really fun way that is both rugged and outdoorsy, but also luxury and with details really cared for, for tourists to come in and take a real deep dive into Dagestan through uh, driving. And I'm not going to say more than that because they have a really cool thing going. I think it will excite you as much as it has me. Now, there are some plans and aspirations that were mentioned in this podcast, like me going out and taking advantage of this tourism opportunity with my wife, but we have since left the country, so that didn't pan out. But that aside, it's still a really awesome uh, interview, and they're still there, and business is going on, so... um, Consider this for your next anniversary. Listeners, I am enjoying the immense privilege, not only of sitting outside in the sunshine, in the countryside, outside of Mahachkala, Dagestan, not only am I drinking tea and dates and have wonderful company and have just had a delicious meal of shashlik fresh off the grill but i'm here visiting a new friend uh, who is doing an, an amazing enterprise in dagestan i'm really excited to bring the studio out to the field to meet andreas and sveta welcome to kakastok Thank you very much for having us, Eli. It's a pleasure to host you and your wonderful family. Oh, this was great. So, um, Andres and Sveta are doing a really amazing thing here that I want to let them introduce. It involves Soviet-era cars. It involves camping and tourists. So, I'll let them explain. But before we get into it, why don't you, um, Andres, first just kind of give us a brief background of... How did you get connected to Russia in the first place? Where are you from and how did you get to Russia? I'm originally from Austria. So I, I grew up uh, close to Salzburg, a very nice place where the Alps start, mountainous as well. So do you guys love Mozart? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Actually, uh, we have a special relationship with, with the film The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sound of Music. That's good. Which apparently everybody knows, oh, yeah. a- apart from Austrians, because the first time I saw it when I was actually abroad in Australia, and somebody said, you come from Salzburg, you don't know this film, sit down. And they went to the movie, to the videotape, wow. they borrowed the movie and said, you have to watch it, The and, Sound of Music. And what did you think? And I thought, 
It's pretty good advertising for Austria. Okay, good. <laughs> we'll take it. Well, we sing those songs all the time. So, from Austria. So, my story in Russia started pretty much exactly 10 years ago when I was exchange student in one of the universities here in Russia. Not in Moscow, but in a city called Ufa, three letters, U-F-A, uh-huh. which is uh, close to the Ural Mountains, actually. And I spent there a semester as an exchange student. I learned there the Russian language and uh, had, a, had a great time, actually. And, of course, most important, I uh, got to know my now wife, Svetlana. Uh-huh. So there's always a love story. Now, is it typical for Austrians to choose to come to Russia for exchange? Like, I was an exchange student in college, and, you know, we had some some cities to choose from. I don't recall Russia was on our list. Uh, why did you choose Russia? My list was the United States, Norway, Australia, or Russia. All right. And my immediate pick was Russia because it just sounded like the most amazing exchange semester. And this uh, exchange program with our university and their university was completely new. And I was actually the second guy from my university going there. So we call you a guinea pig. Exactly. Right? <laughs> this is what I was. But... Send him. We'll see how it goes. So you met Svetlana. What were you studying? What was she studying? We actually didn't meet at the university. We met when we when we uh, did sports. We were playing ultimate frisbee, both of us together. See, I think where people meet tells you a lot about the people. I mean, anyone in the U.S. who meets playing ultimate, it's like, oh, you're those kinds of people. Now, I, I'll, you know, you could obviously introduce your wife a lot better, but since she can't, she's not speaking for herself right now, she's just walking around taking photos, I will introduce to our listeners what I know of Svet, Svetlana. The story that I understood was Svetlana, when she was a child, would, went at New Year's with a backpack on, right? Or is this your mom? Maybe you know the story. I know the story. Or why don't you tell the story? Because this is like, <laughs> this is the kind of person we're talking about. Okay. Sveta organized a trip in the Ural Mountains to an abandoned weather station. I got it. And the mom with five kids came. And the mom with five kids, which is my mom, came. Oh, it was your mom. And also my, 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 my sister came and her boyfriend. And it was like a mixed Austrian-Russian group. It was like minus 25 degrees Celsius. Wow. It was like snowy, windy, and we walked like two days to get to this weather station through the <laughs> through the snow, through the forests. And it was a very unique and very Russian for, experience. For New Year's. For New Year's. Then so, we celebrated New Year's at the weather station, and then we walked back. So Svetlana is now coming to appreciate how approximate my understanding of Russian really is. Sometimes I just get the gist of it. But the point is, people who go two days into the night at New Year's to go to a frozen weather station also play Ultimate Frisbee. Yes. These are exactly these, these type of people. And they go into caves and they go on crazy bicycle trips and they love the outdoors and they love adventures. All right. You guys are now... start. You've started a tour business here outside of Mahachkala, a city called Kaspisk, where foreigners can come in. And why don't you, why don't you explain the business? And then I want to go back to your, your history a little bit. Yes. So what we do, we have uh, set up a little company called Offroad Camper Russia here uh, very close to the airport in uh, Dagestan. What we do is we rent for international tourists um, Russian uh, 4x4 minibuses so there is a Russian car brand called Uaz. 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 Spelled like it sounds. Uaz. And they still 
produce uh, minibuses which uh, are very similar from, from, from the style like an old Volkswagen bus. They have these characteristic round um, um, lights That's and right. this uh, very boxy shape. So, and the Russian name for these is? Is Buhanka. And what does that actually mean in Russian? Buhanka is a special type of bread which is uh, uh, in a form, which is like a square bread. <laughs> so it means like a loaf of bread. So we're talking this symmetrical dome-shaped thing, and that's what this car looks like. Exactly. Going down the road. Easy to spot. Classy round headlights, but still produced. Like, you have a 2019 Buhanka in your... We actually have a brand new one, which we bought last week. Wow. So it's 2020. Oh, wow. It just came fresh from the factory. Yeah, they still produce them since 60 years. They have been upgraded in the, in the meantime. They have power steering. They have disc brakes. They have uh, ABS. They mm-hmm. have some 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 of the sensible upgrades. But <laughs> beside that, they are still very basic. So it's like uh, back back to the roots. Yeah, you will not find any electronics. You've, you you don't find any fancy buttons. It's 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 very basic and very manual everything. So in there. why would a person fly all the way to Dagestan to get in one of these? Um, like, tell me how what happens from there. So they get these cars. <laughs> they get these cars, and these cars are fully converted to, as camping buses. So yes. you have a comfortable uh, bed for two in there. You have uh, heating in there. You have a comfortable mattress, um, a fully full full kitchen, everything. So basically. You can travel autonomously here in, in, in Dagestan, which is important because this region is not very well developed for tourism yet. So you don't have the hotels on, on every corner. You just you have to be a little independent. And for us, we actually own such a Buchanka as a, as a family car since several years. So we bought it because we also like the outdoors. We like to, to travel by car. Um, and... So last year, we took the decision to become independent and to offer this opportunity also to other people. And why Dagestan is very easily explained, because from all the places we travel to in Russia, this is just a place which won our heart, which has the most beautiful scenery and uh, has the most friendly and most hospital uh, locals. Agreed. Agreed. Now, when you say that you guys like car travel, that's a little bit of an understatement. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about some of your car travel from your past? <laughs> yeah, like before we got the family, we have two two kids now, one year and three year. So before, when we were still only me and Svetlana, we spent uh, eight months to drive around Africa. Sorry, so that was eight months? Eight months, 50,000 kilometers. Ooh! And also by by car, yeah. And did you you stayed in your car the whole time? We we stayed very often inside the car because uh, same like if you travel to the remote corners of Africa, you also don't find the the tourism <laughs> industry there. The hotels ready. You have to be independent as well. Now was that in a Was Buhanka? This was not in Was Buhanka. This was actually in a Renault Duster. If very you know this car. kind of cars. Yep. And did it did it serve you well? It served us. Extremely well, and I have to mention it wasn't even the four-wheel drive model. It was Whoa, only front-wheel drive. Oh, that's yeah. extreme. But it took us everywhere as well. So we, this was after you got married, before you had kids. Yes. Before, before we got kids, we just wanted to take some time off. We wanted to really spend time as a couple, see the world, because we knew once the kids come, everything becomes a little bit more complicated. All right. I mean, I know we're talking about 
Dagestan. But can you tell me, number one, was there any moment that you regretted that decision going through Africa by car for 50,000 kilometers? Did you ever look at each other and go, this is crazy, what are we doing? Mm, the biggest challenge, I think, is the red tape. It's just, uh, there are countries which are very easy to, to be visited, where they welcome you with open arms. Um, here, Mr. $10, here's your visa, stay as long as you want, and enjoy the country. Uh, there are other countries where it takes much more effort and much more patience to be allowed to, to visit them. But then, once you're there, another world of Africa opens to you because the people don't see you as a tourist. They see you as a guest. They wow. see you as somebody who comes as a visitor. Similar like here in, 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 in Dagestan. Yeah? The, the, the people in the villages, they don't see you as a tourist. You're welcome here as a guest as well. And this is what really authentic traveling means for me. All right, so let's dive into that, what people can expect when they come here. First of all, why Buhanka? This is a very good question. <laughs> uh, first of all, because I feel comfortable um, working with these cars. I drove this car a couple of years for myself. These are like brand new old timers, yeah? So this is not a car for everybody. This is... This is a car which was made to be uh, driven off the tarmac. Yeah, this is a car which was from scratch be made to be driven on dirt roads, to be driven on 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 mountain roads. So don't expect the comfort of a Mercedes S class. Yeah, right. this is a car which is more similar to a tractor than a, a 2020 Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, just to have a complete upfront understanding that this is not your everyday's car, yeah? There are a lot of four-wheel drive off-road vehicles you could have chosen. Is there something about kind of the style or the nostalgia of this car that appeals to you? I think it's uh, first the style and the nostalgia, but beyond that and most importantly, it's just the practicality. Sure. Yeah, because it's a very practical uh, bus to be used as a camper van. Its uh, off-road capabilities are pretty much unmatched. Yeah, it is very, very capable. Um, it's just it is easy to to drive, like with the modern upgrades. Yeah, so like there is no drives like a car. Drives like a normal car. Yeah. Now, last year I was looking at a seven-seater car for my family. Yep. And um, you know, Bahanka was on my list. Yep. And I have friends, Russian friends, who were really eager. I was looking at other Russian cars and they just thought it was great and they loved their Russian cars. And when I said to them, what about a Bohanka? They kind of paused and said, N -n no, no, you don't want to do that. You have a family. I mean, <laughs> you also, when I suggested it, you said, this isn't a family car. This is not your round, you know, going around the, going around the city kind of car. You can. Is it just because it's so rugged? If you if you have to drive the car every day as a commuter to a job or somewhere, yeah, it's just not a very practical choice because, as I said, it was not built for, for city traffic. Sure. Yeah. So, tell us like, oops. So, give us a little ver like walkthrough tour of the car briefly. Like, what's it feel like inside? What does it look like? And what have you done to the inside? So, uh, first of all, all our cars are white on the outside. Oh. 
this is uh, first of all uh, they are also then white inside which just gives you a more roomy feeling true uh, secondly of course in summer it becomes quite hot here so the white helps helps with the heat because uh, air conditioning has not reached the buchanka yet <laughs> um, up in the mountains there is always a nice breeze but when you're close to the ocean july to august yeah of course you get mediterranean weather here so this is the color um, then you just you just open the side door, you walk in, you have a bench where you can rest, which also folds into a, a full-size double bed. Um, you have a kitchen on your left side, you have a fridge on your right side. Like an actual refrigerator. An actual uh, off-road refrigerator. Excellent. Yeah? Um, you have uh, plenty of storage on, under the bed for all your belongings. Like you have everything dustproof packed. So nothing gets gets uh, damaged. You have place for your food. You have place to put your kitchen to cook. So and do you have a USB port for the radio? We have a couple of USB ports uh, in the front and in the back. We just we just basically we traveled in this car for many years on awesome. our own, and we just refined and refined and and reworked which makes most sense for us. So that's really important to me. This is not just some fanciful dream of some city dwelling you know, a guy at a desk job who just has a midlife crisis and wants to go drive trucks around, right? Like you guys have, this is really part of who you are as a family and this business has come out of that. Exactly. We basically made our hobby to our profession. I think a lot of people like the sound of that. Um, so I'm curious, when, um, when you guys told your families or friends that you were planning to move to Dagestan, did you get any kind of uh, negative responses or were people surprised or was it like normal for you guys because they already knew you <laughs> no it was it 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 was just the usual the usual like we wish you good luck all the best we will come and visit you yeah so do you have clients lined up yet Yes, we were actually very busy already in June. Uh, we had uh, clients coming starting May, but of course now with the situation, everything will move probably a little back. Um, for us, it is very important to get uh, the first client, the first feedback for us, because of course we want to improve. Yeah, right. we we want to re- further refine. Yeah, our, our our big credo is that we are not our guests. Yeah, because we are deeply in, immersed into Buchanka off-road camping since many many years, and we. Um, uh, look at things different than somebody who just comes and drives the, far, uh, the car for the first week. So, so for us, it's it's very important to to really get the feedback from from the guests and to refine our offer. How long could people take the Buhanka out for? Now, to really get a good uh, round trip in Dagestan, um, we would say about one to two weeks. This is this is the range what we wow. recommend. To, to drive about a thousand a thousand five hundred kilometers um, what we uh, have prepared for 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 you guys for the guests for for our guests um, we of course spotted already the nicest lo- locations here already considering that you can stay there overnight yeah? you don't have to drive somewhere and then go back to your hotel right you drive somewhere and stay at the canyon you drive on a hill and stay for the sunset yeah um because you can yeah and uh this we have uh, several routes which we will then um 
refine together with our guests. So if somebody says, I'm really fond of the ocean, I want to stay more on the beaches, then of course we can uh, plan for that. If somebody says, I don't, I don't care about the beach, I really want to get the most out of the mountains, then we send you to really to, into the Caucasus. Now, and, and again, this is coming from your first-hand experience. You guys have done this. You've run the routes. You've driven around Dagestan. Yes. And you've seen these places. So I have a question about this. The Buhanka camper truck really appeals to me. In fact, I've asked Andreas if I can take my wife out for a couple days to, uh, for our anniversary. And, of course, we're going to look for the time when that becomes available, and we're just going to do it because we love it. I have a question about it, though. We've often talked on our podcast about how strongly a hospitality culture Dagestan is in the Caucasus. People welcome visitors into their homes. They love to feed them. They like to, um, you know, show them honor. And um, really, that's part of the culture here. Do you find or have you found that there is any kind of... Um, mismatch between kind of the self-Buhanka camper approach and the hospitality approach. Have you seen any ways in which, like, in the village setting, this might be odd to locals or misunderstood or not? Um, the fact that you said the hospitality, the traditional welcoming of guests is a big, big part of our tours as well. So what we Uh, working on and, and we work for example together with the university with the chairs for German and for English language we really look to get in the villages uh, people who can communicate who can who can speak with our guests yeah be it be it German uh, be it uh, English because this is one of the biggest um, resources here in Dagestan is the hospitality but you need to be able to communicate with the people <laughs> and of course we cannot expect from every guest from every visitor who sure. comes that he speaks perfectly Russian right. yeah? I don't even. but what we can offer is to get you in touch with locals who can speak a language that you can speak yeah? wow. and to experience this authentic a hospitality without any translator, without any getting anything in between you and the locals inviting you. So for us, it's actually very interlinked. Yeah, you stay alone at a lonely canyon one day, you visit uh, somebody in the village the next day. Of course, this also gives you an opportunity to refresh yourself a little bit, to to get a little bit higher gene done. Like it mm -hmm. should. We are not aiming on the backpacker student uh, diehard um, adventurers. Yeah, uh -huh. we want to really provide upper class tourism. Yeah, we want to make sure that everything is a, a very smooth, a very round, a very enjoyable program. I think that's an important point too. One, you could a person could hear this and think, "Wow, this sounds super rough." Your vehicles are not rough; like they are set up for comfort and convenience it is camping but it's not like you're just sending people out in a truck to find their way in the mountains um, i think that's pretty clear so just because there's a mattress in the back doesn't mean you have to stay there every night you can take the hospitality or then you can go to these isolated plateaus or rivers or and stay there as yep. you wish yeah and am i right that currently this is a pretty unregulated um domain in Dagestan in terms of 
camping in the open, like it's pretty much available anywhere you go? Uh, this is in whole Russia in, in <laughs> general. Yeah, you, this is, this is one, one of the things I love so much about this country that you can basically where you can drive, you can, you, you are allowed to drive. Yeah. You can, um, camp everywhere. You can light a fire everywhere. You can fish even officially everywhere. Yeah. Wow. So this is just some, really? Yes. Officially. I, now that just changed my summer. Okay. There, <laughs> there, there might be some special nature sure. reserve closed parts, yeah, but which tell are you. specially protected. But they will, they will tell you. Yeah, the rest of Russia is fair game. Yeah, you, you, you didn't know that you can put your, your that you can well, be angling everywhere. I mean, I, we, we've only been in Dagestan, mainly in Makhachkala, and I know that people fish at, at the sea, which doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me. Yeah, but uh, I hadn't really explored inland waterways lakes yep. and and alpine streams because in the u.s those are all very protected yep too much sometimes now this is also a very popular um way for russians to, to spend their holidays to spend a long weekend you know you just pack your friends you pack your family into the car you just go to a very nice place to a, to a lake somewhere you put up the tents you have a shashlik you awesome. uh, try to fish you just enjoy <laughs> nature yeah because russia god's just plenty of beautiful nature especially here in Dagestan are there any other things you would want our listeners to know about this uh, this uh, business that you guys are doing this this venture uh, yeah if you if you're interested to know more of course you can visit our website yes please tell us how do they get in touch with you and h- how can people book your your cars um they can get in touch and book via our website there are pictures there are videos there are more impression and, and more information about what we do and about dagestan um i don't know will you put a link to the video or we'll put a link just... tell us what the website okay, is we'll the, have a link in the show notes the website is just offroad minus camper dot ru for Off, russia good offroad dash camper offroad ru offroad dash camper dot ru yeah, that both both work. Okay. okay, and they can go there, and the site is in English and in German. The site is in English and in German because this is our main focus group. Yeah, great. English and 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 German speaking guests. And do you have Facebook page too? Uh we have an Instagram feed as well. Uh, you will find it as well on the website. Okay. Yep. Fantastic. Well, we always end our interviews with this one question for our interviewees, and you can take your time. If there's one thing you would like our listeners to know about the North Caucasus or Dagestan, what is it? I think the, the most important thing you have to know about this region is that right now is probably the best time ever to visit because I see the North Caucasus where... Um, other countries, for example, uh, just uh, across the border, Georgia, yeah, have been 10, 15 years ago. Um, really st- at the beginning of, of the tourism where you get uh, authentic experiences where you are a guest in the country and not yet a, a tourist. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And I believe that hopefully Dagestan will develop a similar strong tourism industry. Uh, still, I believe right now, 
at the very beginning you get the best of both worlds you still get the unspoiled authentic village experiences on the other side you already have a tour set up you already have a little bit starting of, of, of this uh, um, necessary infrastructure sure yeah I agree it's really exciting times for the region and for Dagestan listeners uh, run do not walk to offroad-camper.ru sign up and come give it a try Andreas thank you so much for not only hospitality but for taking time to talk to us thank you very much it's a pleasure and I hope uh, we will organize your trip with your wife soon yeah? oh yeah. yeah they'll hear about it you guys will hear about it <laughs> okay. alright thanks man